Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. My good friend and musical collaborator Paul Menetiades always brings the heat with his song choices. Paul joins the four-timer club this week, and he follows up episodes about Harvey Danger, EMF, and the Dead Milkmen with yet another classic banger in I Love You More Today Than Yesterday by Spiral Staircase. This enduring love anthem appeared on the band's one and only album before their breakup, but did the rest of the album bring the thunder as much as this one did? Stay tuned to find out. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder Paul, welcome back. Thank you. Are you in the three-timer or four-timer club? He's in the three-timer club. Three-timer club. Harvey Danger, Dead Milkmen, Mm. And of course, the most logical step from there, Spiral Staircase. Right. right. No, I'm in the four club. Wait, oh. what was the fourth one? EMF. That's oh, right. You are in the four timer. club. You joined four the timer. four club. Four That's... timer. We haven't had a five timer yet, right? No. Man, in oh. the EMF one, that is, uh, that was That's a, a classic. Fun... That's a classic one. There was a lot of editing that went into the echo whenever whenever oh, right. we yell oh. Yeah. I mean, we might have to yeah. just do that in this one too, because today we are here to talk about more today than yesterday by Spiral Staircase. Don't get it wrong. It is S T A R E K 
staircase, not spelled like the stairs oh. that you walk up. It is spiral yeah. staircase. I've been getting it wrong. Yeah. It, Which, why? So <laughs> their name, I don't know why, but I know that they pulled their name from a 1946 horror film, and I oh. guess they just changed it to be cheeky. Like, I don't, I don't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, like, play on words really there. It's just no. spelled wrong. Right. Like, you're not staring it, at something. Right. Well, so they had to change their name when they. Uh-huh. So they started off. the The beginning of this band is kind of interesting. They started. They met on an air force, really? like on an air force base, and they formed a band for their air force talent show. Wow! And they were like an instrumental rock band that was called the Fidelians. Yeah. And then, as soon as they all were able to leave the air force, they immediately just started touring. And they caught the attention of an A&R scout for Columbia Records. And he's like, you guys are great, but that name is trash. So yeah. you need a new name right away. And I guess they were just like, maybe saw a poster for... Okay. I think of like um, the Simpsons episode where he forms the B-sharps. And they're trying to come up with the name. And he's like, it needs to be catchy where it's funny and interesting the first time you hear it. But the joke's immediately dead the second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good example. Yeah. And I'm assuming you chose this song because you like this song. Because I love this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good song. I mean, I've been trying to rack my brain. I think the first version I heard was Goldfinger playing yeah, this song. They yeah. do it really well. They do it so well. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. That, that's my memory of it. But the, did you did you know the original first? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I knew the original because of my mom and my brother. Yeah, right. The composer we covered that this song for really? uh, for a while, probably a year. Yeah, huh? Yeah, I don't think I saw you play this. Yeah, yeah. you didn't do a recorded version. No, of it. yeah, no. yeah. The the recorded punk band version of it that would be kind of that would be yeah redundant. Yeah, <laughs> but but playing it live is always fun. Right, I'm sure. I can't find the Goldfinger version. Really? Yeah. Did you were you able to find it? No problem. Um, I guess I've just heard it so many times. I just, I, I, that's what I mean. Yeah. I I thought it'd be no problem to find and and I cannot find it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have it. I, because it was on the, the water boy soundtrack. So I, okay. (laughs) I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. You're saying saying it didn't come up on on Apple music and I, I must not have dug far enough, you know, into like the soundtracks. Right. Right. They were not the only people to cover this song, by the way. It was covered by a lot of artists. And I looked at, I mean, some of the noteworthy ones were uh, Andy Williams, Sonny and Cher, Diane Ross, Nick Carter covered this. (laughs) And kind of in a weird, I can't find any recording of this. I think it was just in a live setting, Uh, but the composure. No, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chicago. Oh, cool. which I'm like, I make sense. Yeah. Chicago is a hell of a band. So I could see Chicago doing a great version of this yeah. song. If I may have thought it was early right. Chicago or something. Yeah. It's probably like this band, that song, this song, it's like Chicago. If they, if Chicago didn't, ha- it's like they're the one hit wonder version of Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. like, actually let me look this up. Cause if I'm remembering correctly, Chicago may have also been a band when this was a hit. I think Chicago okay. is probably a band by 1969. Like Chicago's been right? a band for a hell of a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, they formed in 1967. Okay. Nice. That nice. seems like an insanely long time for a band where a decent chunk of the members are still alive yeah. performing in the band. They were like they played <laughs> like, Pittsburgh like a couple years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I sent you last night the video of them. I don't think they were actually playing in that, that video. That was definitely it was one like of those top like, of the pops type vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Geez, they're incredible looking band. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> like, they really are. The bassist, which I joke to Matt, he's one of those dudes who's pro who looks like he's 
56, but he's probably 22 in that yep, video. Yep. Just mustache, real dad looking. And but dancing his ass off oh, to play in that bass. So good. <laughs> yeah. Wearing those powder blue mm-hmm. tuxes or whatever. Yep. Yeah. I was real focused on the keyboard player who just looked yeah. like he couldn't even be bothered to fake play yeah. the piano. <laughs> he literally was just hitting his hand on one side of the piano and every yeah. once in a while the other hand would flourish. You'd see, near it. The... You'd see it here. Well, and, and I there. also point out, I'm like, there's no way that entire horn section is just that I know. sax player. Just one sax player. <laughs> <laughs> but the bass player is cutting a rug. Oh yeah, he plays. Wow, it looks awesome. Hol- yeah. Holding it up high, playing with the fingers, just has those, that little two-step. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. So uh, there's there's something that I think makes sense about their entire appearance that I learned when I was doing research. Okay. So the lead singer, the guy who sings this, Pat Upton, uh-huh. he's who wrote it. Okay. He wrote it when they were the showroom band at the Flamenco Sky Room in Las Vegas. So they were like a Vegas oh band, and I feel like. Looking at that live video, that yeah. screams 1960s Vegas band to yeah. me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Even the sound of the horns, the the melody of the horns, yeah. the dun 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 da da na na. It's it almost has like a lounge vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It has a lounge vibe, and and with all the crescendos and stuff, you know, oh, like so the good. in and out, and yeah, right. So good. So Paul, when you played this, you obviously sang it. Uh-huh. Were you playing it in the original key? Is the original key F? Oh, I don't know. It must be because I, mean, I don't think I'd play a song in F if I didn't have. I, I mean, I was just going to ask you, was this, this is high. Yeah. This is up there. We're watching yeah. him do it. It's pretty impressive. I wonder. Even when we watched the video of him when he was older, yeah, just doing it as like a solo artist, I'm like, he's still hitting those <laughs> notes. Right. We watched him singing it in a room full of geezers. And I say that, I know I'm eventually going to be a geezer. I'm on my way. But it was, you know, when I'm a geezer, I'll say, hey, I'm in a room full of geezers right now. Right. But it was him, you know, he was probably 60 singing it to a room of like 80-year-olds yeah, yeah, who yeah. were like tapping their feet. And their <laughs> the, one, hands. the one dude had the one hand movement going yeah, every once yeah. in a while. Totally. He would do the pumps to uh-huh. the horn uh-huh. parts. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, It's really yeah. good. Yeah, I... Listen to some other songs. I'm sure you did too. It was all kind of just like, yeah, that's kind of like more today yeah. than yesterday, but not as <laughs> not as good. Not as good. Yeah, yeah. Almost like it's too smart or something. Because mm-hmm. even more today than yesterday is smart. It, it's a smart song. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, give us some examples. Well, give us some mu- musical examples of why this is a smart song. Okay. Well, the chorus itself starts. I mean, the the melody, like the the first note and the first chord change. Boom, major seven. Mm-hmm. The chords are on, uh, like, say, it, it, the way I know the song, it's on a B flat, and it's a high A. So right off the bat, that that chorus is a major seven chord, and gives me chills right there. But it doesn't move. It goes from four to three, four to three, which is a weird. You, can you yeah, can you hear it? Yeah. If you're in F, it's B flat A, B flat, and it's very dark on that when it gets to the A. You know, it's dark, that part, right? As we're breaking this down, I'm also thinking of the uniqueness of that, like, you know, I'll be spending time with you. Like, it leads right into the chorus off of the O of you into the O of the chorus. Yeah. And they they, they, they throw a chromatic there. (laughs) It, like, bounces down chromatically on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because as you're telling me this, You've talked to me about this song before and pointed this 
the the strangeness yeah. of this chorus yeah. out to me before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go and yeah, go in between the four and the three. You've talked. I literally had deja vu of you talking to me about this chorus <laughs> because it might be the only example that I can think of. Wow. Like that popular of a song. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Interesting. This had to be one of those songs like when you write the chorus. I love you more today than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. You have to be sitting there like, yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. For I sure. just, I just nailed this. What is it, Upton? The dude's name? Yeah, Pat he, Upton. He must feel great. <laughs> so here's one thing that did kind of bum me out a little bit. So the band broke up 18 months after this song was released. Oh, um, yeah. They said it was a combination of financial squabbles within the band and just an overall poor management from from their team. Um, Upton went off to become a session musician. He worked with people like Ricky Nelson cool. and, and stuff like that. But pretty much after they broke up, the keyboard player, Harvey K just reformed the band with six other dudes Whoa. and toured throughout the seventies and eighties as spiral staircase what? What? without, without Pat there singing his song. Right. What? <laughs> yeah. The guy who wrote and sang the song was not in the band for most of the touring time of the band spiral right. yeah. staircase wow that makes you wonder like how they how that the keyboard player even pulled that off yeah i mean he had to pay him something for that right he or, had to have you had to have but i'm just like that is insane and like that's like because then i was thinking about when we watched that video of him playing it live like it was listed as like pat upton and the spiral staircase players or something like that. And I'm wondering if it was like yeah. one of those situations yeah. like the Misfits, right? Yeah. Where there's like yeah. the Misfits and Jerry Only's yeah. Misfits type yeah. vibe. The Beach Boys had that sort of thing too. Yeah. I think at one, yeah. one point there were two Beach Boys, yeah. which is really funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, MXPX was doing that. MXPX All-Stars. Really? Yeah. I saw them in, at, in Cleveland as the MXPX All-Stars. And it was like without their guitar player and drummer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then um, it was short lived. I do remember there was like a point yeah. where Mike was like the only dude in the band doing it. Yeah. And then like a couple years later, yeah. Tom, Tom and Yuri were like, Ooh, we made a mistake. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> oops. Can we get, can we do this again? Right. Uh, funny enough, Mike Herrera's in Goldfinger now just to tie it all yeah, right sure. back in. Yeah. He gets yeah. to play this now. It's cool that they locked this one down. Like, you definitely. Can't, it, it, you can't be a punk band and do this one now. That's, Hey, yeah, there right. are not that many songs left to do yeah. that no. haven't been done by somebody else's, but you know, everything, once they started doing those comps yeah. of like whatever, and it's just like, everybody's covered everything. How word are you going to word on the street is territorial pissing by uh, Nirvana is still up for grabs. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not anymore. Well, here was something that I also think is cool about the power of this song, right? This song only peaked at 12 on the oh. billboard hot 100, but it ended up being the 50th best-selling song of 1969 so like it must have been one of those songs like we've talked about duncan chic where it was like okay. it didn't hit number one but it just hung out on the charts yeah. for months With lasting value yeah yeah in 1969 that's a big musical year i mean maybe i just think that because of woodstock and stuff but that was that was a big year i'd in say general. that's that's safe assumption. Yeah. Here's, right. I mean, here's some of what's going on on the charts at that time. So when this was at 12, that was on June 14th, 1969. Uh, in the top 10, included like Three Dog Night, One is the Loneliest Number at 10. Whoa. Uh, the Guess Who, These Eyes was on there. Oh, I like wow. that one. That was yeah. at nine. CCR, Bad Moon Rising was at Whoa. four. Jeez. Elvis Presley in the Ghetto at number three. The number one song, The Beatles' Get Back. Wow. wow. 
And then the, but this is kind of upsetting. The, the number one song, the best-selling single of 1969 for the entire year is a song we've covered on this podcast. I know, and I bet you I know what it is. What is it? <laughs> is it the Archies? The Archies, Sugar, Sugar. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Ca- Even the Beatles Get Back couldn't surpass yeah. the Archies. <laughs> couldn't beat out that cartoon band. But you know what? It also kind of makes sense to me, again, for something we were talking about on a different episode. You're not going to buy the Beatles Get Back single. You're just going to buy... Let it be. But I don't know if you're going to buy the Archie's whole album. You're probably just going to grab that Sugar Sugar single. <laughs> like, that's, probably, that's a good point. <laughs> like, right, right. And this, you're to, we're talking about the record, the little record. Yeah, the yeah, little tiny a, seven yeah, inch or whatever. Yeah, seven inch yeah it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be like, oh, I need to get the rest of that Archie's album. Yeah. <laughs> One thing we never really dive into too much. I think we've been thinking about it a little bit more the past few episodes is how they're determining the charts. Yeah. At the time, mm. like now the charts take into consideration YouTube and right. streaming sites and radio TikTok, airplay too. Yeah. But but yeah. back then, what was it? Was it just sales of the actual records? Was it how many spins they were getting at the radio stations? I don't know. I guess Billboard is determined by sales. By sales. and Because I think if we're talking 69, this has got to be the peak of like radio oriented radio stations where they're like hey tune in we're gonna play boston self-titled from front to back for the next hour like right that was like a thing back in the 60s and 70s so like you can't really count the spins of oh that you know what i mean so it had to have been the individual single sales especially because yeah. this was i mean we were kind of moving more towards this again but this was when like bands were just releasing individual singles in the 50s and 60s yeah the, the albums the albums were ultimately just compilations of all of the singles after they had released 10 or 12 right hits so yeah. like we're kind of i mean the way most bands do music now anyway it's like they drop eight to nine songs on streaming sites and then it's compiled then into they, an album yeah. afterwards yeah mm-hmm. that's true hello out there yes hello out there everyone i'm hal schwartz and i'm flynn mcclain together we host none but the brave a podcast dedicated to the music and career of bruce springsteen Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. 
So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. The smell of the video store. I love this place. Do you remember when you could just look at the walls of covers? We had to choose just by looking at the cover and reading the crappy synopsis. It was, you were leaving with one. And the only way to know what new movies were coming out is you actually had to watch the trailers instead of skipping them. Right, we didn't have the internet to look it up. We had one guy named Todd behind the counter that would (laughs) tell us what was good or not. And Todd strangely liked way too many romantic comedies. Yes, but you always knew when the boobies were coming because Todd made sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and remember all the awful CG we had to put up with in the mid-90s? We talk about that a lot, don't we? Join us on Analog Jones and the Temple Film where we talk about VHS tapes. And we wax nostalgia like none other. Yeah, I don't know. Spiral Staircase left us a, a little bit lost on, you know, there was a few other songs. They had the, the one album, but I this Pat Upton guy was a really good singer. I, I don't know what else there there is about this minus feeling good when i hear this song yeah well you know you heard the song from the goldfinger cover mm-hmm. when I, no, I when did you hear it like oh, specifically it's been a, it's been a long time but i remember this is probably in like the late 90s i guess yeah. probably yeah. but the, the first time i heard it because this I've, we've talked about this before this feels like one of those songs that has always existed yeah when you think about it like because i knew this one i've talked about like com- growing up in a very musical family so like my uncle's been playing in wedding bands since the day I was born. So obviously, this Spiral song, Staircase yeah, was yeah. like a, a regular song in his rotation. He still plays it every every weekend. Does your uncle's band have a horn section? They do. Yeah. Nice. yeah they're a nine-piece nine band. They have uh, two trumpets, trombone, and a sax player. And then... I love that. Drummer, bass, guitar. And then they have the vocal. And then my uncle's backup vocals and keyboards. I much prefer brass heavy horn sections yes. than you know i never understood like when there's woodwind. like a ska band that just has like a horn player yeah I'm like that. how do you mix that to sound right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> you gotta have some brass up, up in your horn section in, in fact I, I i i prefer more brass yeah you can do fun stuff with that too because when you have like the the multiple brass you can have yeah trombones playing a completely different like yeah it's, register it's, yeah it's the same the trumpet yeah well, it's the same thing as like a band like if you're a three-piece yeah. band like Chris, when you're playing bass, you're not playing the exact same rhythm necessarily as the guitar parts. Right. You're like maybe laying down something a little bit more funky while they're doing upstrokes. Right. If you're doing ska music with the horns, you can be like, all right, yes. trumpet's only coming in to like emphasize a certain yeah. part of this song. The saxophone's playing the lead and the trombone's like yeah. throwing some weird slides. Yeah. You can create crazy shit with a nice horn section. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think of who else says so Chicago, who else... Were there a lo- what I, was the the horn section something that was brought to my attention it was because of Krista makes recently but I guess in the seventies adding orchestra adding like strings was so overdone on every song okay. listen to like 
Paul McCartney and listen to like every song on the radio. It was just overdone on the strings to the point where I was like, Oh my God, right. Enough with the strings. Okay. You know, like now I want strings on every song. Right. I like tend to always want strings, yeah. but uh, it got overdone. That's interesting. I, well, that was the controversy with let it be right. Like Paul hate it that Phil Spector threw strings on like Long and Winding Road and like these songs really? that he felt okay. yeah. should have just been because I if I'm remembering everything correctly which like I it's been a while since I watched Get Back but the entire concept of that album when they were trying to make Let It Be was like we want to do an album that's back to our roots uh-huh. not a bunch of overdubs just like a band rocking out and that's what they recorded Certainly then, not an orchestra. Yeah, and the then Phil Spector rolled in and was like, this needs a ton of overdubs and orchestras. Yeah. Yeah. And that's is that why they did the... Let It Be Naked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, where they pulled all that out and it was just the raw yeah. recording. That is funny. That is interesting what you say, though. Yeah, that Krista Makes had told you about that. Who else had horn sections? Chicago? Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, yeah. Wind, Fire. Yeah. Okay. Tower of Power. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at a list right now. But so... So let's see. This is what this random list of bands who had horn sections is. <laughs> so first one, I mean, I guess it goes without saying, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're a swing band. Um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, definitely a big horn section band. Chicago, The Commodores. Mm. It says Genesis. I do not think of Genesis as a band with a horn section. I think of Genesis as a three-piece. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and then Cool and the Gang and the Ohio Players. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then the next question is, what are horns? <laughs> so it's a break. It's a break. It's an understanding of what the horn yeah. section is. What exactly are horns? <laughs> that needs to be at the top of the page. Yeah, that should be the start before you get the bands with horn sections. Yeah. Could you imagine trying to explain, like, like to an alien who just understands English but knows nothing? Like, oh, yeah. well, this is a horn. This is <laughs> what alien is looking up what this what a horn is. Yeah. All right, and here's another. I found a Spotify playlist through my search. Bands with horns, the greatest brass rock bands of the '60s and '70s. Oh, um, so oh, here's a good one. Oh, and this is a this is a potential future one-hit thunder as well. Actually, uh, Ides of March vehicle. I do not know that. I, I know Ides of March. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's I a know that. Uh, average white band with pick up the pieces. Okay, average white band. Don't yeah. know it. You ever see sh- uh, Swingers? Uh yeah, at some point it plays a lot in that. It's like da 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 It's an instrumental track. Blues Brothers is on here, obviously. Edgar Winter's White Trash Band with Keep Playing That Rock and Roll. Not seeing as many good ones as we go deeper and deeper into this list. If Casey and the Sunshine Band, okay, you have like a lot of that. Like, is it disco? Is it funk? Type bands. Yeah. Sly and the Family Stone in here with Dance to the Music. Definitely like a big one. A lot of the Motown, yeah. I guess, would fall yeah. into that. The Motown. Funk Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Here's More Today Than Yesterday by the Spiral Scarecase <laughs> made this guy's list. So, uh, yeah. Isley Brothers, It's Your Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Parliament is on here. Oh, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So I guess there were, I guess there were a lot. I guess Spiral Staircase did not stick out that much for, for having, <laughs> yeah. having 69. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? I mean, I, I just I really say. I really love this song. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm gonna be a little bit hypocritical because there's been so many of these episodes where I'm like, one song, man, that doesn't count. Like, I can love the song, I can hate the band. Um, That's usually yeah your but stance. Yeah. Again, I'm coming from the biasy of like 
this song is so tied to like all of my childhood memories yeah. of going to family parties. My uncle's got his band there playing the party and they always play this song. And, and the fact that, you know, if, if, as long as you're a human being, you probably get goosebumps when that song comes yeah. on. I mean, do we want to break down the lyrics just a little bit? They are good. They are really good lyrics. Yeah. So I didn't remember what day it was. I didn't notice what time it was. All I know is that I fell in love with you. And if all my dreams come true, I'd be spending time with you. That just rolls right off. This, I feel like I've said this already, but a lot of these lyrics just feel like I can't believe someone else didn't get to yeah. Pat. Yeah. Didn't beat Pat to the punch on right. this. Right. Uh, every day is a new day in love with you. With each day comes a new way of loving you. And every time I kiss your lip, my mind starts to wonder that if all my dreams come true, then I'll be spending time with you. Mm. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Into the chorus. Uh, and then the last verse is, Tomorrow's date means springtime's just a day away. Cupid, we don't need, need you, you now. Yeah. Be on your way. Yeah. I thank the Lord for love like ours that grows ever stronger. And I will always be true. I know you feel the same way too. Into the chorus. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, but I, like, so my... I have mentioned this a couple times, but I produce a podcast for my uncle's band, the Chico Vibecast. They break down songs in their set list and they did do an episode of this. So they I re-listened to that just to like yeah. refresh me. And their sax player was like, this is one of those songs where I don't always see people singing along to the verse, but man, when that chorus hits, everybody yeah. is singing along while they're dancing. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is, that's a good, that's a sign of a good earwormy song. Yeah. Here we are, fifty-three years later. Yeah. And we're singing it, sitting around a kitchen table, just belting it out when we get to <laughs> just, that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, well, both of our episodes that we've done with Paul have us saying "oh" just in different. Yeah. <laughs> <tones."> yeah. <laughs> this one's a little more pleasant. <laughs> oh, oh, we gotta do we gotta do the EMF remix of yeah. "I Love You More Today." <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it okay fine so yeah so i'm going with a th i'm that was the long-winded way of me saying i'm going with thunder on this one i think you're we're, we're going thunder this band put out one album no other memorable songs what more did they need after this yeah i mean i i can't agree more with you i i i, I think that if you wrote this song you can just hang it up yeah. from, from that point on you can hang it up but interesting thought yeah. Interesting thought that I've said, I, I was asked recently on a podcast, uh -huh. what keeps me going with music? You know, been playing a band for 25 years. What keeps me going that after all this such time? a good question. And my answer, and it's an honest answer, uh -huh. is that I, I still believe that like, you know, I can write or be involved in the writing or creation of, you know, yeah. a truly great song a song that everybody loves yeah. a song that changes the world a song, right i i still do i think i'm gonna be a, a teen hard tub pop star <laughs> no i don't think that but do i think i could write a, a great right. song that right. touches people and makes a difference or whatever yeah yeah i do think that right and these guys just happen to do that and then like okay peace yeah. we're out yeah peace yeah. we're out yeah we, we did it we did it right off the bat yeah but you're right, though. There's more to discover in this space of possibilities as far as music goes. There's undiscovered uh, gems. Right. You know? I mean, there's lots of songs to be written. We could sit, we could pick up a guitar right now and write a song that right. 
Right. That it, that, yeah. that that meets all those criteria. Yeah. yeah. yeah we should do that. Yeah, we could. We, yeah, we, we should. We play in a band together. <laughs> we we could strive. Hey, to that's do a that. good idea. <laughs> we, we could give, do that. You should give that a shot. I mean, there are people who are definitely going to say that you kind of already have, you know, like sure. there's songs like darkest dark. Like I'm sure in the 25 years that you've been doing a band that you have gotten those heartbreaking emails that I've gotten just from doing podcasts of someone being like, yo, your song saved my life. Like I was on, yeah. having the worst day of my life and yeah. I put on the radio or I t- put it, turned on my car and your CD was in and yeah. the song hit yeah. me at just the right moment. And right. Sure. Yeah. And I always, always love that. Always appreciate that. Yeah. Not something I take for granted. The fact that people have right. cared about right. our music for, right. for this long, but I'm talking about a yeah. song where, like, room, I love you more today room, than <laughs> like this song. A yeah. room full of strangers could just all at once go, oh! Yeah. yeah. They, they all, oh! <laughs> they have yeah. that shared moment. Yeah, yeah that, to write a song like that. And I know that there's a lot more to it. There's money and luck and, and timing yeah, luck, and yeah. a lot of things yeah. that go into it that maybe, dude, maybe we've written 10 songs already. That, right, that... Could have filled that role, right? If it was just the right timing, which it wasn't, right? The, the right time, or or yeah. any one of those things, yeah, anything yeah. like that, maybe, yeah, maybe. but maybe not. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's yeah. that's up to the the world to decide, not yeah. me. Yeah, but that brings it back around to deciding if this is <laughs> right. thunder or blunder. And I mean, I think that's a good point because it's funny. We recorded an episode earlier today. Somebody that w- gave the artist a thunder, and we're like. But the rest of the catalog. <laughs> yeah, that song's but, amazing. But here's the difference. Their rest of the catalog was seven attempts at albums versus a one and done release. Yeah. That's, yeah, but now we're now we're going against ourselves. We always yeah. criticize people for having a hit, and then you had this big hit and then you just broke up, you quit. But yeah, Pat didn't that, give up. He kept working with other bands throughout the seventies and eighties. He worked with Juice Newton. I was trying to see if he sang on Angel. He didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> so, what did he do with? Uh, he just was. He was a producer and a backup vocalist wow. for it. He was a he was a session musician. They would bring him okay. in to sing backups for people's albums. Wow. Because he had those pipes. You're yeah, like, we man, need those got the male, we need those male falsettos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, sure. Yeah. Bring me on in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> and he put out a solo album in 1995, which okay. Okay. is his only solo album. Wow. Was that 26 years after <laughs> Spiral Staircase? He said, I'm going to try this solo thing again. Okay. I'm going to listen to it when I leave here. <laughs> yeah. See if there's any bangers on it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's a good point that they wrote a song so good. Yeah. Right out the gate. But then they stopped. Minus the, whoever from his band kept the band going without a <laughs> keyboard player. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? Uh, uh, I mean, you guys, bo- did you give it a thunder? I definitely gave it a thunder. Yeah. I'm giving you? it a thunder because it- I don't have these, you know, I'm not committed to, I'm yeah. no hypocrite by saying so. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's already, so it's already a thunder regardless of my opinion, but, <laughs> but I would say thunder. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this song is an undeniable song. It reminds me of, it, it reminds me of being like in my early twenties and I, without, I'm not going to like get too into it. It reminds me of kissing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Ki- <laughs> you were smooching. Hey, kissing. I, I definitely, I definitely kissed to this song. Kissed a girl. Yeah. yeah right. Kissed kiss to this song. So, yeah. So that's a nice, like young person yeah. memory. Yeah. Kissing to a song. Yeah. I, definitely I, a good song to get a kiss to. Get a smooch sure. to. I appreciate that we gave a thunder to one of the only <laughs> bands that will never hear this episode and never be able to get angry yeah. at us. Yeah. <laughs> or, or depending on what you believe, 
maybe Pat Upton's been here this whole time, <laughs> sitting right in that seat, yeah. just biting his tongue. Pat, I know you're sitting in that chair across from me. <laughs> the switch just flips off without Could you controlling imagine? it. We lose the episode. <laughs> Could you imagine? One life is a timely gift. Who knew it would make him sick? Halfway when he found his list of lifelong goals. And now regret sinks in like this has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing the other piano man off the Punchline album Just Say Yes. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and news. And we're on Patreon now. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote on future discussions at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.